Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Suarez swings, hits one high in the air, very deep left center field, it is gone! A. Eugenio Suarez gets the Reds on the board with his 30th home run of the year. Boy, he just continues to light up the month of September. That's his seventh home run this month. A route for the Reds concludes the home slate of this regular season and guarantees the Red Legs a winning year. Hey, this is John Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for late night Reds talk. What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday night, and you know what that means. Another edition of late night Reds talk live. Unfortunately, this is the eliminated edition, but uh, we are not going to sit there and hang our heads on a disappointing finish to the year. We're going to talk about how much fun the 2021 Cincinnati Reds were to cover. We are going to get into how this could have been different. We're going to talk about some highlights, some lowlights. We're going to get a bunch of thoughts. And we've got a ton of questions for this episode to get to. Thank you all so much for that. We're very excited. I am Tim Daniel here as always with writer of Red Lake Nation himself, Mr. Cincinnati Reds Twitter leader himself, Mr. Nicholas Kirby. Going on, just uh, watching uh, Cincinnati Reds and designated hitter Delino DeShields this evening. I mean, what more in life could you possibly want? Yeah, I like your shirt, by the way. Yeah, wife got it for me. I like it. I've had this since, like, Griffey got inducted. What was that, 16? I'm not sure if I could get a shirt on from from 16 uh, <laughs> uh, around my, my leg, so. That's, that's, that's not what I'm trying to do here, bud, by any means. Um, <clears throat> if you are checking us out on the YouTube, you are recognizing Carlos is not with us just yet. He is doing some family things. He should be joining us later today, uh, later tonight for the show. We're going to talk about that. But let's go ahead and we'll get into the topics of discussion. Uh, we Like I said, we have a ton of questions. If you have more you want to add, we will answer them tonight if you're here in the chat hanging out with us. So thank you, as always. And <clears throat> I'm sorry, I want to say one more thing before we get started. I just want to let everyone know, uh, for this being our first season, for Nick and I coming up with this idea literally through a Twitter DM, um, <laughs> This couldn't have gone better. Um, obviously, it would have been awesome to be talking about this team in the playoffs, but you know, for the two of us and Carlos, it's been awesome. Uh, we've had some guests we never thought we'd ever be talking with. Um, we got a lot of great fan interaction. You guys, you know, talk with us during the show. You guys send us questions on Twitter. It it means a lot. Um, I've been podcasting for twelve years, and I've been begging for this interaction in all my shows. So to finally have this here. 
has been awesome and we're going to keep trucking and we'll let you guys know what that plan is. Um, but Nick, before I get all sentimental and crying and all that stuff, um, we got to start with, look, it sucks. We know they're not playing in the playoffs, but for only the fourth time in the last 20 years, this team does end the season with a 500 record. I was there to watch them clinch their 500 record. Two straight seasons having a 500 record for the first time since the 2012 and 2013 seasons. Um, you know, I feel like as much as we're all disappointed, there's no postseason. Um, we shouldn't take what grant for granted what we had this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've talked. This was a team uh, projected by Fangraphs to win 79 games. Um, the highest they got at any point this season was 88 in the projections, which is what the Cardinals are at right now with, with still five games left to play. Um, so of course, you know, it's, it's, I think it's more probably disappointing in terms of, um, you know, just, just how the last two decades have gone more so than this year. You know, I feel like what this team did and what this team did was able to accomplish, I feel like was, was, you know, I think pretty special and um, it was a very, very fun season. So I feel like it's best to kind of try to look at it in in the perspective of just this year and just the team and the players that were assembled and kind of what they were able to accomplish. And I feel like if you look at it that way, you're probably going to feel a lot better at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. Um, I still feel like, too, because I know a lot of people, I've seen the Twitter conversations and, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, I don't feel very confident about this team for 2022. And I don't know if I understand that. I mean you're already looking at the five guys who started majority of your games this year are under contract, you know? So it's not like you're like really panicking there. Um, I don't know what the bullpen's going to look like, obviously, but you got to think, you know, Luis Sessa, he's obviously going to be there. Uh, I just saw Cowboy yesterday saying that he discussed him being in the rotation, which I wish Carlos was on here to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> but you know, he's going to be there. Um, you know, you know, more than likely Michael Lorenzen, I know he's got a free, this is free agent year, what happens with him, but even, you know, offensively, look, I know the big thing hanging over on his head is Nick Castellanos is likely to opt out and I get it. They'd be concerned there, but, you know, looking forward, building off of this year with all the prospects you have, like, I don't really know if I'm necessarily panicking that they're not going to be good for again for four or five years. I don't understand the logic behind that because their farm system is rebuilt and looks really good. Well, I mean, I think you just start with Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley. Um, there's not a lot of teams in baseball that have a better one-two punch than that. And the Reds have both of those guys locked up for the next two seasons. Um, of course, Gray's locked up for next year. He's definitely a potential trade candidate. Um, and it's, I think something we'll, we'll cut with we'll kind of a similar somewhat of a question of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you start with those two guys, uh, that's a really, really good start. And, you know, there's a lot of young, you know, talented offensive pieces with India and Stevenson. Um, looks like Votto's got some, some more life le left in his bat, you know, Winker. There, there's a lot of really, really, really good pieces on this team. Um, and, you know, I, I know everyone is, uh, you know, um, some of the news we've heard over the last, you know, couple of weeks. Remember, the Reds won 97 games under Bob Castellini at, at one point. Um, right. He could be a terrible owner 
you can still win with a terrible owner. There's lots of teams that are going to be playing in the playoffs this year with terrible owners. Um, (laughs) Seattle. If you really put all your faith in your, your, uh, I don't know, your emotions into who owns the team, fans of most teams would be pretty disappointed, I would say. Yeah, if you don't root for, like, the Lakers or the Yankees, then, like, you know, there's not really – if you're, if you're like, basing on ownership, then, like, it's not the way to go. That's not the way to be the fan. And I understand that, you know, this is a big what if is, you know, what if they tendered Bryce Iglesias and Archie Bradley? What if they made efforts for the bullpen? Um, but, you know, I feel like if that's how we're just going to always look at this year – then we're really doing this season a disservice. You talk about, you know, you're going to have the National League Rookie of the Year this year. Um, I don't think anyone's taken from that from him in the last five games of the season. And you talk about the resurgence of Joey Votto when, you know, a lot of people question, will we ever see him be really good at baseball again? And he certainly was, obviously. Um, you take away from Eugenio Suarez of September where he came back and has hit really well. Um, I know the stat line doesn't look good for the season, but – you know, that September gives you something to build off of and believe in. So, yeah, I don't think I'm freaking out about this. You know, I know that uh, financially they're not strapped by any means. So, you know, if Nick Castellanos leaves, I know this isn't the best free agent class, but um, I don't think they're going to be like shit out of luck by any means. Um, You know, like a Kyle Schwarber, would he look bad in left field in Cincinnati? I don't think so. But, you know, the Red Sox also might want to keep him. So we'll see. No, no more, no more. <laughs> don't, we don't need two winkers out there. Um, that's a whole other, other story, but I really do think defense is the most, um, yeah. uh, the most unseen reason for the Reds, uh, you know, not, not getting over the top. You know, I don't know if that was the sole reason, uh, but I think, I, I think that might be just as close to the bullpen. And I know a lot of people think I'm crazy, but um, when you look at the amount of, you know, defensive run saves or outs above average, whatever you, you, you want to uh, quantify and you compare that with like the Cardinals, it is a astronomical difference between the two and just turn on a Cardinals game and watch their outfielders. They have like three center fielders out there and, and you know, that stuff all adds up and it, 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 it's sneaky adds up on you. So um, yeah, I don't, that's something I really would like to see the Reds, you know, kind of, um, um, you know, look at and, and address is, is trying to find some better um, defensive players. But, you know, spending money, sure, it would have been great. We all wish the Reds would have done that. You know, um, I don't think Iglesias by himself gets this team over the top. No. It's closer. No. The Reds are probably in a more interesting spot. Um, but let's not forget who the Reds' top free agent target or the the biggest rumor was dd gregorius this offseason right yeah kyle farmer completely outperformed him it it's not even close so i mean like people would have felt better about that but it would have been a detrimental move and it, think about this the red signed dd gregorius this offseason does jonathan india ever become jonathan india nope because he wouldn't have been on the opening day roster not at all no chance. And um, it took him almost two months to get going. And so, I mean, you know, there's always so many what ifs, but, you know, and maybe the Reds completely lucked in. Well, I'll say it, the Reds did completely luck into the Jonathan and India yes, situation. Let's, let's be clear. But man, it worked out. And 
Jonathan India is the most valuable player on the Cincinnati Reds in 2021. In my I, opinion, I he, completely leads, agree. he leads in, in wins above replacement. And I mean, he's been on the, he, he, um, not to anyone else's fault, but he's been on the team all year. He didn't miss a month, you know, because a Brewers right. pitcher threw it his hand, although he did get hit a billion times, but somehow yeah, he did. He's never gets hurt. Um, or never hurt to get out of the game. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there's so many what ifs and, you know, you move, it's like you move one piece. Well, this piece might fall and you move one piece, this piece might fall. So I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a weird season, a good season, a lot of interesting parts and pieces and um, just one of the most wild seasons where so much happened um, over the course of a year. It was, it, it was a roller coaster, but you know what? You know what? This last month, say what you want, man. You watch a game like tonight. I'm, I'm a diehard Reds fan. I'm having a hard time getting really interested in this game. I didn't have that problem even a week ago, man. I was locked oh. in, and that's just that's a great feeling. And and I hope I hope we have that feeling, uh, the majority of seasons to come because it's just it's such a different vibe and it's so fun and it's so exciting and the hope and the belief and the just the energy that it brings. Yeah, but if you read Twitter, they act like it's like the last five years of the Montreal Expos is what the Reds were this year, and that's <laughs> asinine. It's like, no, they were good. They were a good baseball team. It just the Vancouver you know, Reds, right? Shit just didn't go their way. It happens. Um, the Yankees have had years where things didn't go their way. They didn't make the playoffs and had a winning record. It just is what it is. Maybe that's a bad example because they've been mediocre for about twenty <laughs> years. But um, anyway, all right. So let's kind of move around so obviously with them being eliminated um that means the st louis cardinals will be playing the la dodgers in the wild card it looks like and the cardinals are winners of 17 straight unbelievable unbelievable so the question really here is was it more about what they did in september or was it about the reds not being able to hold on to it and i think it's fair to say there's a little bit of both but i feel like just you know, what was it? The Reds would have to have gone, if the Reds had gone seven and three, they would have been like, they would have had the spot still or been tied or something like that. Um, I don't remember exactly how that went, but I don't, I kind of, you know, as much as you hate to do it, you know, the devil magic looks to be real. I guess you got to tip your cap. I mean, this is a team that didn't look very good being St. Louis for majority of the year. And now they're having that freaking 2004 money ball end of the year run and it's driving me crazy but at some point you just kind of got to you know respect respects due. it's a franchise that knows how to win you know they're it's very rare the cardinals are out of it so you know i i always you know i just like the pirates more than i just like the cardinals strictly because i respect the cardinals too much for being good yeah i mean you have to tip your your cap to the the cardinals whenever you have a team that wins something like 17 games in a row it's a combination of a lot of things it's a combination of them playing really well, them, them, you know, finding good players, whatever, and a lot of luck. It, it, it always is a combination. It can't be one or the other because you're, you're not right. going to get lucky without talent and win 17 in a row. And you're not going to be talented without lucky and win 17 in a row. So um, you got to give them a lot of credit. You know, um, I despise Mike Schilt, but man, you got to give that guy credit because that looked like a sinking ship and he kept them afloat kind of like David Bell last year, you know, yeah. it was kind of the same, same concept where, Man, they just they felt completely out of it. And um, you know, he kept them kept them going, kept the energy going, whatever, all the cliches you want to say there. And and, and they got on a run. Um, 
like I've already said, their defense. I mean, that I think that was a huge part. If you watch, I've watched way too many Cardinals games this year, man. You, you really this last month, you saw their defense just really stand out when they were all healthy. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I have no idea how they won 17 games in a row with that rotation. It makes absolutely no no sense. But they had guys, you know, pitch and pitch well, and the guys that didn't pitch well, they they pitched on the right night and. Uh, here we are. But, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, the Reds never got above 88 wins. Not at one point this entire season did they get above an 88 win projection. The Cardinals are at 88 right now. So, sure, um, the Reds played poorly in September. And, um, you know, some of the blame goes to them. Um, because if they would have played better, they would still be, you know, fighting here in the last week. But, without Jesse Winker, I, I just, I don't think there was any way they were going to get above 88 wins. You know, the, and the projections never said they should have, and that was with Jesse Winker. So yeah, it's just, it's hard to really do anything other than tip your cap. Go Dodgers. Yeah. In case anyone is keeping track at home while we're recording, the Brewers are up four nothing on the Cardinals in the top of the seventh right now. So don't believe it. Yeah, no, I, no. Know. <laughs> I know. I know. Nope. Fuse, fuse to believe it. Yeah. How many nights have we like been texting each other like, oh, they're down in the sixth? And it's like. And when it got to like double digits, I was just like, nope, they're winning every night. Winning every night. I, yeah. I you know, I, I, until I see them lose, I'm, I'm going to believe they're going to win. I'm with you, man. It's, um, it sucks. The thing that thing that's, I think the thing that's the most irritating is the guys they've spent a ton of money on lately. Like the past few years, the Goldschmidt's and the Arenados were just like, fine this year you know what i mean it was like the tyler o'neill's that were kicking ass it was the harrison baders having stretches where they were playing really well when you're like what the hell is happening like you know like you're expecting like when they trade for nolan arenado i said beginning of the year when we started doing this show i was like you know they got i think arenado puts him in the driver's seat for the central i was wrong um because he was pretty rough for most of the season but like that's the thing that's so frustrating is it's like it's not the dudes they spent a ton of money on that you expect and they expect to beat you on a nightly basis it's Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill and like Tyler O'Neill's really good. I'm not taking away from him. Uh, but it's those guys that are like beating you as like their homegrown talent. You're like, God, what, what can you do about that? Tyler O'Neill's a superstar, man. He's I, awesome. He's so good. Man, I don't, I want to dislike him, but my goodness, he's, he's fun to watch. He is so talented. Um, man, the ball just, the ball explodes off his bat. He's a great, for a left fielder, I mean, he's as good of a defender as there is. Yeah, he he's is. a problem. And I tell you what, I, I, I've said this, uh, I think, in some of our, our group chats. I'm not sure he's not the best player in the NL Central going into next year. And that might sound crazy, but, man, he is really, really good. And I hope I am dead wrong and he just comes crashing down. Because uh, if he doesn't, that, that Cardinals team's really, really uh, um, really looking scary for the next, you know, they, they got him locked up for several more years. Um, especially if they, you know, add, add more pieces around them. Yeah. Cause I thought for sure going into the year that their best outfit would be Dylan Carlson. And that shows that I don't know anything about baseball. Apparently well, he was supposed to be, I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, he was the consensus, you know, rookie of the year front runner at the beginning of the year. Um, and he didn't have a bad year. I think he was an above average hitter. He hit like a, a, a rookie should, you know, right. Jonathan India didn't hit like a rookie should. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Carlson takes a big leap, India, you know, maybe I don't think he's going to take a big step back, but kind of, you know, comes a little bit, you know, closer down to earth. Um, 
and that that you know that'd be a that might be a really fun thing to watch the next you know three or four years is which one of those guys kind of takes off a little more than the other I think they might be you know I think they might be kind of neck and neck over the next couple of years. So that's kind of might be a fun, I know they're different positions and whatnot, but um, you know, both starting the same, you know, full year together um, and, and kind of both, you know, Carlson being the, the, the preseason front runner in India, just, you know, mopping the floor with him this year. It'd be kind of a fun little, little battle going forward. Yeah. Not to mention too, if you're to keep it in the central, Brian Hayes is also still coming up. So that makes it, you know, pretty interesting as well, adding his, him to that like that list also. So, yeah, there's a lot of excitement to look forward to there. Uh, looks like Carlos is going to be joining us here in about a minute, uh, but which is perfect for the segments we're about to do. Um, we, I mentioned earlier when I talked about like the discrediting of this of this team as being the Reds, because uh, we're sick of talking about the Cardinals already. Uh, but in September, a man hit seven home runs who really at some points looked very lost this season. We know him as Gino Eugenio Suarez. I was there at GABP the other day when I saw him hit one. It was awesome. I was probably one of like 30 people there that day, um, but it was great um, to see him finding his, looks like he's finding his swing again. Um, it gives you a little bit of confidence to see him, you know, having this going into the off season. Um, hopefully he's not diving in any more pools or cutting any more foods or anything like that. You know, stay away from those or at least just tip this like walk into the pool or something. Um, but, you know, an awesome month for him. Feels like we're getting getting his swagger back. Makes you wonder, you know, what the future is of third base for the Reds because, you know, obviously that Mike Moustakis thing has not worked out as well as anyone wanted it to. Um, so, but, you know, you got to feel like you got to feel very good for Suarez for being, you know, a fan favorite. Uh, having you know the good vibes only as he's well known to finally see like the good vibes only pay off and for a guy who like kept saying all year like I'm gonna find my swing it's gonna happen yeah I mean you know most importantly just I'm so happy for him you know same um is you know sure he makes a lot of money to play baseball but it's got to be a brutal year when you're so you you're counted on to be you know one of the top hitters and it just it never clicks for you all year and you never you know you never saw his positive attitude waiver um when he got benched for Mike Moustakis uh he he was the first guy standing up cheering um the other day you know there was a a, I think uh Jose scored um the winning run Gino was the first guy out of the dugout he's he's a great teammate great great guy so easy to reverse so you're so happy for him um I don't know if this translates into to 2022 or not, but it doesn't hurt. You know, yeah, it, it definitely doesn't hurt. It sure is better than ending the year, you know, where he was. Um, so, you know, I, I'm happy for him. Um, you know, since, since Carlos is joining us now, I'll go and get my uh, stat cast dig in uh, before he craps on it. Um, but I mean, Statcast <laughs> has said that, that Gino, you know, should have been closer to a, a league average hitter this year. Um, that's not where we want Gino to be. Um, but I, I think it's been a, just a combination of things where he hasn't, you know, hasn't produced well. And then he's also maybe had some, some tough luck added on top of it. Um, playing shortstop didn't help him. I don't think, you know, I think that could have messed him up too. I think there's just so many things that just didn't go his way and let's hope it just all clicks and he just rides this all the way into 2022. Good evening, Carlos. Hey, hey buddy. 
Good to have you back. We're Glad just in time. Here. You missed our you missed us tipping our cap to the Devil Cardinals. So you don't have to be around for that. You got to come in. We're talking about some good vibes for the September that Gino had, hitting some bombs for us again, looking like the old Suarez. Um, you said all year, don't let Gino get hot. And unfortunately, <laughs> Gino got hot when it was too a little too late, but we're uh we're we're praying and we're feeling the good vibes going into 2022 for Gino. How you feeling, man? I mean, I'm all on board. I think like pretty much the rest of us. I mean, it probably took us that for him to have this September for us to not jump off the ledge as, as diehard fans because it was a pretty rough September. And between him and Joey and, and Nick coming out of late, like it's just, you know. Kyle Farmer. Coming through. What's that? And Kyle Farmer, he's had a monster month. Well, but that's, I'm, I mean, I'm used to that. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. We uh, we come to expect that. <laughs> As everyone now leaves the podcast. <laughs> Viewers. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's obviously got to be his job, not just because of this month, but, you know, even with this brutal year, like I said, he's had like a Mark Reynolds-esque year where his batting average has been low, but he's still hitting bombs. I don't know how this Mike Moustakas thing works for this team going forward. Obviously, it's a lot of money. I can't imagine he's got much trade value with how much he slumped this year, plus being unhealthy. Um, so I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what they do. I don't know if baseball really does the buyouts like the NBA does, where like Blake Griffin like all of a sudden plays for the Nets for five hundred thousand. Guaranteed. But, yeah, so that's that's pretty tough. Yeah, it's. It'll be interesting and uh, see what happens this, this offseason. I mean, I was a betting man. I don't think we're going to play 162 next year, but who knows? I think we'll get that DH. And it's like, you know, like Nick said at the beginning of the year, you can't have enough good players. So, I That's mean, true. even with him struggling, give him another offseason to get his stuff together, get healthy, hopefully. And I mean, positive vibes. Yeah. Yeah, the DH, I mean, that definitely, you know, creates a spot for both of them. I would imagine the Reds, you know, will try to move one of them if they can. I mean, that's that's a bigger, you know, trying and doing is two very, very different things. Um, I think if you could just, you know, you, you have all things are equal. I think I would take Gino just because I feel like his upside is a lot higher. Um, his floor is a lot lower. Um, I feel, but um, Moustakas hasn't really had a monster year in quite a few years. And I still feel like at least there's a potential for that with Suarez. Um, but Suarez is a little cheaper and he might be an easier player to move, you know, especially with the September. So I'm like, Hey, you know what? We'll take a shot, you know, um, especially if there's a DH. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, there's, there's ways to move those kind of contracts, like, you know, similar like Homer Bailey um, where you, you attach a prospect to it and you, know, you get something else back in return. Um, you know, that, that's certainly a way to do it. Um, another idea that I thought was, um, you know, maybe you find um, a relief pitcher or a pitcher um, Similar to like Kevin Gossman, you know, remember when the Reds got him in 2019? Oh God, yeah. Remember, he was kind of a, he was, he was a salary dump from the, the Braves when the Reds picked him up um, off of waivers. Um, kind of pick up a player like that that you like their upside, that the, te- the team that has them kind of use them as a bad contract 
you know, you can never have enough pitchers to, you know, for, for next year, especially if, and I know we got some questions on this, especially if the Reds do, you know, decide to move Mally or gray or someone, you know, you could bring in another pitcher. There's ways to get around it. It's not going to be easy. And uh, Nick crawl's got to be creative as hell to find a way, but you know, there are options to move one of them. Um, if you can find a way to get it done, but the CBA, that whole nother wrench thrown into all this, that's... it's going to be a wild off season or yeah, a very that's... boring off season until that gets figured out. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Did I said like the negotiations start up with winter meetings? Does anyone know this? Oh, negotiations are already starting, but I mean, officially, yeah, like at around the winter meetings is when they'll, when they'll kick off, like say they're having serious talks and reports and, you know, certain meetings and time like that. But they, I mean, they've been talking for the last couple of years about what they're going to bring to the table and stuff like that. So yeah, I believe all of the, um, all of the options, um, all of like the, the player options and then the qualifying offers, those will all be done before the CBA expires. I believe, I think I read that uh, uh, those will all be decided before that. Um, but I can't imagine teams are going to be, you know, really going hard in the free agent market until that's been decided or, or there's a, a path at least looking for that. Could that play in the Reds' favor for Castellanos, knowing that like there potentially could not be a season as a like or a delayed start? Can't hurt. I mean, I don't, no. I don't, I, I don't mean I don't think it's you know gonna get it over the top, but I mean, yeah, it doesn't. There's hurt. gonna there's gonna be no discount on Nick with his agent, so that's true. No that's what a happens, good point. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't even think about the Scott Boris effect. Well, like I said, Carlos came in at a really good time because now we're going to talk about the great Joey Votto, 35 home run season. Um, that home run he hit the other day when I was at the stadium that went to the back of the left field Sun Moon deck was insane. Um, our guy, Jamie Shout Ramsey. Shout out Juan put, Francisco. <laughs> our guy, Jamie Ramsey, circled where the ball landed. And I saw it there and I saw it in the air. And it was one of those, like, as soon as it left the bat, you knew it was gone kind of things. But, like, seeing, like, the trajectory in the air of it was kind of amazing. It's, um, you know, it's crazy because nobody's talking about how he was out in front of that ball. Yeah. Like, he hit and then he swung. Like, it was – he was out in front of it. Like, he got fooled a bit and still hit it seven miles. Yeah, it's insane, man. It's just awesome. Um, that grown man strength. Yeah, man. That's like that, like <laughs> – hitting the gym, doing all the things he does there, keeping in shape, swing. Um, obviously, you know, this post-All-Star break, just so fun to watch. You know, the seven homers in seven days was awesome. Um, just the fact he was consistently battling. He missed a month of the year and still is two homers away from his career high with a trip to Pittsburgh coming up where his career he's raked. So possibly could see him uh, breaking his career high or tying in homers. Um, but the consummate leader, the fact that we still know for at least two more years he's a red, barring anything happening, which he has that no trade clause, obviously. So, and as Nick is rocking today uh, in his sweet t shirts, um, obviously our hero on this show, obviously one of Carlos's good friends. So, it's been a freaking joy to see Joey Votto be Joey Votto. Yeah, it, it was good. Um, it, it's been fun from the beginning. It's, it kind of stinks that he, you know, got sick in spring and basically missed spring training. And then he still ended up, you know, 
hitting the ball really well in April, um, like really, really well. There was no yeah. results to show for it, but we kind of knew it was coming. And then, you know, May comes around um, and, you know, the results start falling and then, you know, it gets hit in the hand, misses another, however long it was, four to six weeks, comes back and then just goes on a monster tear. And then, you know, went on a little bitty slump there at the, what was it, maybe the beginning of September and of August. And then just, you know, comes right back up and, you know, just talking with him and, and you know, going through his off season stuff and see how he's working out. You know, he'll, you know, we never get too deep into it, but he'll say, hey, man, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm excited about this season. And, and, and that's the way he was this off season. He was, he was super pumped. He's like, you know, sending me, you know, videos of, you know, hitting off the tee and then the exit velocity. And you're like, Jesus, that's just off a tee. Like he's doing something different. Like he's in the lab this off season. And, and, you know, that's why at the beginning of the year, whenever we made our predictions, it wasn't, you know, Joey's just my good friend. I'm going to say he's going to win the MVP. He's going to, you know, hit really well just because he's my buddy. But it was like, you know, he's telling me he's going to do it. He hasn't ever told me something that he's going to do and then not do it. So, and, and I'm pretty sure Red's country can kind of feel with that because, you know, whenever we've doubted him the last couple of years, look at us, like, look at him now. Like everybody said, you know, after that long streak, I'll never doubt him again. And it's just, it's crazy how these, these players, like you hear about the Tom Brady's and the Michael Jordan's and the Jeter's, like they can all tell when something special is going to happen. And when they say it and it comes true, it's, it's just fun to watch, fun to be a part of, and I'm just glad that we can get to talk about it together and, you know, share it with everybody else. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's ninth in baseball and expected weighted on-base average uh, ahead of – just ahead of uh, Tatis Jr. and Otani. I mean, that's, that's how good he's been. Um, just, yeah, an unbelievable season. The only player that kind of comes to mind that kind of did this, you know, kind of had a resurgence this, this – um, at this age is, is, is big poppy. I don't, I can't think of anyone else that, you know, there's been some players like, I don't know, like Chipper Jones like, really played great into his, but he, he didn't have like a, a dip and back up, you know, cause usually when it's a dip and it, it's a dip, you know, there, there's no back up. I think you know, big say did the same thing. What's that? You know, Griffey did the same thing. King Griffey jr. Yeah, man. All started 37. I don't know if it was this good, but uh... <laughs> no, it wasn't this good. No, not not this good. <laughs> King Griffey Jr. What other Griffey do you know? <laughs> Senior. I, I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Votto's OPS is a hundred points higher than 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 Griffey at, at that age. So I mean, right. that's yeah, I mean, that's that's insane. Like Griffey, the the first ever unanimous Hall of Famer, like he. As a hundred points right. higher OPS at this age, like so. So, like right now, where do you think do you think Joey will be in top ten in MVP voting or top fifteen? Oh, that stupid month that he missed, man! It would be, it would be close. I, I, I think, think he's gonna be in the top ten. I think he'll get in the top ten. I mean, I, I think it'll be, it'll. He's probably gonna be right around that that fringe. It's giving me such a weird NL MVP vote because all, all of the top players are going to miss the playoffs. Like Harper, Tatis, Votto. I mean, Max Muncy's probably, am I missing some, is probably the only like legit candidate that's going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. 
Let's just want to give it to the whole Giants team. Like, you know, yeah. I, I don't. Is there anyone else? Am I, am I missing someone else? Yeah. I swear to God, if Buster Posey, Freddie Freeman, sick. maybe Freeman's probably up there. Yeah, I don't mean none of the Cardinals. Yeah. I don't think are 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 MVP range. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of guys that. And that's just that's that's how baseball is. It's so funny yeah. that you can, you know, have the best players and they don't make the playoffs and. That's why it's so dumb that people use the playoffs against Joey Votto. Just look at the NL MVP vote this year and say it's stupid to ever compare baseball yeah, players I, to playoffs. I don't know if you saw, but I put that silly question on Twitter, like who is Joey more comparable, Tom Brady or LeBron James? And <laughs> I got, well, how dare you? Joey's never won a playoff game. I'm like, oh, gosh, here we go. Yes, he has, but. <laughs> yeah. Or series, whatever it is said. And I'm like. I know he should have got on base more than 50% of the time in that. Right. That yeah, I said he should have hit twice in the lineup and pitched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think people forget that 2012 Giants series, he hit 390. He got on base 50% of the time in that series. Yeah. Like, I just, what do you, what do you want him to do? I, I view, I view like playoffs. I only view it as like an extra thing. Like, right. like David Ortiz, like, he definitely deserves extra credit for what he did in the playoffs, but I, I don't view what someone did or didn't do as someone didn't do as like a deterrent to any Hall of Fame. That's just it's silly. It's we're talking like a sample of like two months for a guy's entire career postseason stats for guys that were in the playoffs a lot. Like that's so yeah. small. It's just and it, and it gets usually elite pitching. Yeah. What if Derek Jeter was on the Pirates his entire career? Right, yeah, like, you know, we referenced Griffey earlier. He made the playoffs oh. three times his whole career. Three times. He played in one ALCS. Votto's played in the playoffs more than, than Griffey. Yeah. Four, right? Yeah, four. Yeah. Wow. Ken Giraffe Jr. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I think uh, – you know, we talked about it last week. I feel like we're all pretty confident that, you know, especially at this pace, I don't know if he'll have this pace. Like, certainly hope so. I'm sure he believes he will. Um, that when his time is done in Cincinnati, he will be the franchise all-time home run leader. And I hope to be there the day he does it. And I will 100% make the road trip to Cooperstown when he makes a speech. I will make sure I am there. We're all there. there. And he hits up in that homer. Will you run on the field? No, because I'll bail you um, out. You still got that big league money you can get me out? I'm sure my wife's got some tucked under the couch or something. <laughs> sure, mine does too. <laughs> so, um, kind of before we get into, we got some questions that people want to have asked us, but real quick, I think one of the things this year that this month, particularly, people are talking about is a lot of new faces that came to the Reds, which was good and frustrating for some people. Um, guys like Jose Barrero, TJ Friedel, Delano DeShields Jr., Reimer San Martin, who I was blown away with seeing him pitch in person for his debut. I thought he was awesome. Um, and also looks just like Jimmy Butler, the NBA player. Definitely. That was wild. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we got a couple more guys there. But uh, Moretta, who I also saw pitch, Really good stuff. I mean, like, I had really good seats that game, and his stuff was pretty nice. Um, and then O'Brien, who didn't have the best start yesterday, you saw David Bell kind of manage with urgency as he was one and two-thirds in before he went to Sessa. Um, but 
you know, I know a lot of people, and I'm going to be very unpopular here, I'm well aware, but, and this is a total small sample size, Delano DeShields wasn't awful at the plate his time, like, that three or four weeks he was here. Like, he was awesome, but he wasn't terrible. Yeah, he's he's played well. I mean, I, you know, I definitely think that would be exposed over, you know, any sort of, you know, large sample, but you know, I mean, the Reds were kind of at a point with with Winker out and um, Sinzel. I mean, where where they they didn't have a lot of options against you know left handed pitching, and um, um, I think they were you know looking for a something. And, and uh, yeah, he, he played well. I mean, I don't, so I don't I, I'm not gonna like be like, yeah, that was the right move, right? Great yeah, job on Delino, but I'm not gonna sit there and you know crap on the guy that played well either. Um, I've been impressed with, 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 with TJ Freeld. I know last night was a really, really rough ball game for him. Um, but, um, but yeah, he, 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 you know, he, he's hit well. Um, and I, I think for every report I've heard is he's a, a better defender than hitter. So it's, it's funny how, what you see in, what you see in like, you know, two, two week samples, but, um, yeah, he's a guy that, you know, Hey, maybe he can get into the mix next year. Um, he just kind of seems like a guy that that, and this is something the Reds were really, really I feel lacking this year. When, when a guy went down for injury, the Reds had no one in AAA they could call up. I, he seems like a guy that you can send to AAA to start the year next year, and you know the first outfit injury you can call him up, and you're going to feel comfortable with him. You know, and and that's that's it's way more important than I think we we often you know think or give credit to. Yeah, he'll be a he'll be a four A guy and. You know, this, all these call-ups and stuff, it's, it's fine. You know, I'm not putting too much weight on, on any of them, really, other than Schrock. Like, he got a lot of playing time, and he did pretty well, you know. Yeah. It's pretty cool to see. Like, I think he's got a legitimate shot to make the team next year, no matter, you know, who they bring in, especially if they lose Nick, then he'll definitely make the team. But, um. You know, Barrero, he's gonna he's gonna get his time. That that's been kind of an odd one lately. I know, you know, whenever he got called up, I was, you know, making the case why he's not playing and why, you know, why he shouldn't be playing. And then towards the end, you know, I kind of wanted him to see get to get some more ABs and, and he wasn't getting those. And I don't know why, but it's gotta be a good reason, you know. I mean, David Bell's just not gonna play him because he doesn't wanna play him. I mean you know, once you get, once you get to the big leagues, your prospect strat, uh, status doesn't matter. David Bell has no idea what prospect number you were. You know, he sees what he sees. He goes off of last year. He goes off of spring training. He goes off of what the triple A manager told him. And, you know, he puts him in where he sees fit and, you know, I trust it. And I don't see other, any other reason why we shouldn't, um, you know, some of the other, some of the other guys, I'm just kind of looking at the the box score right now. See, we got one hit, one freaking hit. <laughs> yeah, you can see. I mean, the pitchers—they're gonna—they're gonna be up and down all, you know, all year next year. I mean, I'm not worried about the pitching. I'll, the starting pitching, the bullpen should be okay with the guys that they can bring back, and you know, that's not counting any additions or anything like that. So, you know, I'm I'm not too down on what they have at triple a to get with it, you know, to, to pick from there next year when people get hurt and stuff like that. Cause you know, you've seen guys get called up and they're, they're capable and they're able to do what they can. Like, you know, um, as good as Santion's been, he might start in triple a like, and he's been really solid. 
you know, out of the bullpen. You know, they might want to make him a starter again. Who knows? But like I said, I'm just I'm not too down on, on what they have and able to choose from from down there next year. Yeah, I mean, Brewer has started five of the last ten games. I know it probably hasn't felt like that. Um, but he has been out there and he's, <laughs> he's got some yeah. pinches. He's been double switched in. Um, and anything you can give him this year is good. You know, I, I think a lot of people, you know, are said he, he, he didn't get, you know, um, um, more playing time or, or, or sit in AAA. I think Carlos, you said, I mean, you know, I, I think they've seen it all they can see at AAA. And I think this is just good to get his feet wet. I, yeah, I personally, absolutely. I think it's great that he's come up and Kyle Farmer has raked in September. I think that's great. I think that's a, a and Carl, she can speak this way better than we can. I think that's the thing that goes, Hey, you know what? Hey, I better, I better do my work this off season. I better come to spring training ready. If I want to get the oh, shortstop yeah. job. Um, yeah. And I, I know everyone looks at that as a down thing. I competition's a good thing. Yeah. And there's like, you know, back to the Barrero thing, like who knows what could be going on? Like every, every player is different. Every player is a different person. Like you can be 21 and ready to go out the gate like Ken Griffey Jr. Or you could be 21 and be more like Barrero where it takes you a little longer to get used to it. You know, he's in a different country. Like, yes, he's been here before, but I mean, he's he's seeing the bright lights. He's seeing the biggest hotels. He's seeing all the fans. Like, it's a different world out there. And he's, a, you know, yeah, he's a pro ball player, but this is his first time ever being a real pro ball player. That affects people differently. You know, I can speak to my minimal time. Whenever I was up there with the Padres, like, I hardly knew anybody. I feel like if I would have got called up with the Reds, I would have felt way more comfortable because I knew the catcher. I knew the first baseman. I knew the left fielder. You know, when I went to the Reds, I, I knew nobody. It was, I mean, when I went to the Padres, I knew nobody. It was like being the new kid in school. It, it has, you know, a different effect on people. Maybe somebody else that wouldn't affect it the way that it affected me. But, you know, it had a small percentage of the way that I performed. Somebody else, it might not at all. So that's just kind of like a different factor to think of whenever you're talking about like Barrero. And maybe maybe they see that he's not ready. He needs a little bit more seasoning. And that could be just outside the ropes, not inside the ropes. Because that stuff matters. I love that. play the other day. Yeah, I love that. I love that they're playing him in center field. Uh, position flexibility, man. I push that as much as you can, you know, so you don't get stuck with Eugenio Suarez playing shortstop, but the other way around, you know, getting stuck playing someone in center field that that's not as capable, um, you know, at worst Kyle Farmer is a really good defensive shortstop. So if you're, you know, if you have both of them on the field together, you know, at least you're going to, you know, have, have, have some good defense. So, yeah, I, I, I like that they've tried that. Why not? I don't, I don't think it hurts him. I don't think it's going to kill him. Plenty of guys have played center field and shortstop and or center field and third base or whatever and, and been fine. Yeah, I think also when people complain about the Kyle Farmer thing, like, let's not forget, there were years when, like, Edgar Renteria was playing shortstop for the Reds. Like, we, we sat through that. Like, we dealt with that. Uh, Wilson Valdez one year played shortstop for the Reds. So, like, I'm cool with Kyle Farmer. I'm all in. So... Yeah, I think we should kind of take it back again and just remember the short stuff we've had to get through to where we're now having the situation of a really good player and potentially Jose Barrero. So, yeah, and look at the the red shortstops in in 2010, 2012, and 2013 and the production they got. The Reds got so oh, much man. more this year. Um, so it, you know, I mean, 
it all adds up different ways. And, you know, you, you want to have as many good players, as many good positions, but, you know, you can't get by with, with uh, you know, not a lot of offense production there. If you, if you have really good pieces elsewhere. Yeah, you can't get by with Orlando Cabrera anymore. At a second. Oh, still stinks. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like Carlos kind of mentioned the pitching and how he felt pretty confident, and I agree. Uh, we talked about the start of the show. Um, I have to say, I, I made a mention for it for a second, and I really like getting Carlos's take, obviously, especially on pitchers as far as, like, their big league debut and what he sees from them. Um, but San Martin, you know, I was at the game Monday, like I said, and I had pretty, I had really good seats. I was right, you know, a little bit off the home dugout. Um, and just kind of seeing like his, like the way he carried himself on the mound and just, I understand it's a makeup game on a Monday afternoon against the pirates. So I'm not going to, you know, take anything away from what it was. Um, but he attacked every batter. He battled with everybody. If he got in situations where like, you know, he was losing that bat. He battled back in it. I was, I was really impressed. Like, you know, if that's a guy that's going to be starting the season at Louisville next year, like that's the guy I'm excited about his future. Again, only five and two thirds innings. I'm well aware, but I was pretty impressed with what he did in that game. Yeah. I mean, you could, you tell he's, he's different than a lot of the guys that they had come and make spot starts and even come out of the bullpen. He's like you said, very poised, carries himself well, acts, I mean, acted like he belonged there. Like you could tell right. he wasn't like you know, looking around for the balls coming from or, you know, anything like that after he strikes a guy out. Like he, you know, it was just another day at the park for him. And that's that's encouraging. And his stuff was was really good. It was, it was really good. I'm excited to watch him pitch again next year. I got to admit, too, that's a decent cut. With, that's a decent swing. Not terrible. <laughs> yeah, his – um. Just like like fielding independent pitching and, and stuff was a lot a lot better than his ERA at uh, at AAA. Didn't you know? Didn't walk too many guys. Didn't give a lot of home runs. Struck out an above average rate. So um, yeah, I mean I don't, don't want to make too much about you know that start in that spot, but hey, it was positive. You know, and and, and uh, um, yeah, I think nice guy to have starting the year in AAA next year. Um, that hey, if if you know, because there's going to be you know times you need you know for a doubleheader or whatnot. And, Hey, call them up and, um, and there'll be injuries. You know, there'll definitely be injuries. So, yeah, happens over here. I think we're at the point now where we got some fan questions. So, I'm pretty excited for these. Uh, obviously, like I said, being of this show, thank you to everyone who's sent to see all year and hung out with us all year. This has been awesome. Um, so, some of these we're seeing reality, some, some names that we've seen before, and some are, uh, some new people, so we're excited. So we're going to go first with our guy from WV Redlegs. I know Carlos and him uh, trade off their grill pictures on Twitter, and it just makes me want to go He's visit got nice meat. with you guys. Yeah. The brisket that you get down there is probably way better than the brisket I get here, right? Well, I'm sure you could get some quality meat up there. Just got to pay yeah. for it. Yeah, that's right. Um, his question's a good one. It's, what do you think the Reds should do with the catcher situation heading into 2022? Stevenson needs to be in the lineup, but should he, with the possibility of a nationally DH, be more focused on first base? Um, obviously, the big cloud over the head here is Tucker Barnhart's in his free agent year. So um, I think a lot of people have kind of said Tucker Barnhart's kind of the perfect backup catcher as far as like that defensive guy you can count on who can make things happen and kind of control a game. Um, I do agree Tyler Stevenson needs to get as many at-bats as possible. I think he was tremendous this year. I think we all kind of feel that way. Um, but 
if there's a situation where they can keep Tucker Barnhart back you know, on the team, I would love it. But I don't feel confident in that because I feel like some team is going to want him to be their everyday catcher. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I think they're going to – if they're going to spend money this offseason, then they'll keep him because he will be the perfect backup. Like I, I think Stevenson should start. He should focus on catching next year um, or this offseason. And, you know, he'll, he'll take his ground balls and stuff like that at first base if that DH comes. I'm not, not worried yeah. about that. He's fine over there already. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's all about if they're going to spend money or not or whether we'll see Tucker back in the Reds uniform. I mean, he's – Right, he's, he's the perfect guy to have there, because if Stevenson goes down, you're you're not going to be hurting too bad at the catching position, you know. So, yeah, I just I think if you kind of look through the the Reds' salaries, even if they do add payroll, I just I don't see how the the money adds up to to spend uh, basically seven million because he has a, a seven and a half million dollar option. But you had to pay five hundred thousand to buy him out, so it's, it's a seven million. I just that's that's a lot of money for a, a, a backup catcher um, with the, the other needs you're going to have. Um, I think everyone sees. Oh well, if if Nick Cassianos is gone, that's sixteen million. If Wade Miley doesn't come back, that's ten million. Or you know, uh, Tyler Malley and Luis Castillo are going to get big raises um, this this off season. Um, so I, I just, I don't see how the money works out. You know, the, the Reds, um, uh, non-tendered Casale last year, their giants picked him up for 2 million. So that's a $5 million difference for your backup catcher. Um, that's, that's a lot of money. And, um, um, I know something I will really get into during, you know, our off season shows is probably, you know, guys at target and things. And uh, I talked to our buddy clay about that a lot guy that really would make a lot of sense for the Reds as a free agent would be Jan Gomes because uh, he mashes left-handed pitchers. So if the Reds, um, um, you know, did play Tyler Stevenson maybe at first base against left-handed pitchers, uh, he would slide really well in. But Tyler Stevenson is not going to catch 162 games. Um, so, yeah, I just – I think Tucker Barnes is probably worth that $7.5 I just don't think he's worth that to the Reds with their other needs and, and, and where they're at. Depends too if uh, he's got a good relationship with Bob. He's got a good relationship and he's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're just trying to get everyone in up, Oregon, Carlo, aren't you? <laughs> all right. This is from Cincy, Chris at Cincy Action. Is it at all realistic to hope they keep Castellano, Smiley, and Tucker without trading another large contract, not counting Sugar or Moose, as they at any rate would be impossible to trade without packaging prospects? Is it realistic? Sure. Is it likely? I don't know. Um, I, you know, I think we all kind of, you guys can tell me if you disagree. Um, I think we're all kind of the expectation that Nick Castellanos will not be a red next year. And that's not because he doesn't want to be. It's because he's going to be the best available hitting free agent in baseball. Um, It just is what it is. Um, The reds are going to have to match someone a lot of money. And like Nick said, they have a lot of needs right now that they're, you know, going to have to attack. Um, so Padres need a right fielder, right? You know, they're, you know, that's a good fit for him. I'm sure that the Phillies would love to have him hitting in front of Bryce Harper next year. Um, when Andrew McCutcheon's not there anymore. So, you know, who knows, man? Um, obviously I would love nothing more to see Nick Castellanos playing for the Reds again next year, but 
I, I don't feel the confident that we're going to see all three of those guys back. Maybe I feel the most confident way to be back at the three. So I kind of did some rough math kind of looking through the, the payroll. So if the Reds uh, declined Barnhart's option, picked up Miley's and uh, Castellanos walks, the Reds payroll is actually right about where it's at now, which, you know, because of the raises, um, now again, they could be creative and, and, you know, move, move stocks or swords, like our question said, and that, that frees up some money. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Reds are going to have to increase payroll, um, to keep Cassiano's or to sign really any other big free agent. Um, I would almost think it's probably more likely if the Reds are increasing payroll, that it is for Nick Cassiano's than a, a, a free agent. Uh, Bob tends to really be drawn to the fan favorites. Um, and, and when we say Bob, we really should say the ownership group because Bob does not make the sole decisions of all these things. He's only a part, part of the ownership group. Um, but they do seem more, more likely to, to pay their own players, you know, and increase salary, or increase payroll for that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. Um, but yeah, I think that you go into our next question because it, kind of was what I was about to say next. <laughs> What's the percentage chance that Nick everyone yeah. has of Nick Castellanos returning? Who's that from? Make sure we shout him out. That is from Ethan Fulkerson. I'm yeah. saying right now 25%. I think it's literally probably about exactly. I'll, I'll go 30. I'll be more optimistic. So I'm, I'm more like 15 to 20. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I'd take him over anybody else who's available right now, take him over like a, you know, you know, a number three starter, number two star, like he's just in there every day. He's grinding. He works hard. Like he's very fun to watch. Um, been nothing but great for the team, for the city. It'd be nice to have him back and, and make another run at it for a little bit. Yeah, I think, you know, and this isn't just because we've had Ryan on the show a couple of times and the way Ryan talks about, it, like, I think he genuinely really likes it here. Um, yeah. I think, you know, it seems like he really enjoys being a Red. He talks a lot about, like, what this what the fan base means as far as, like, how you can tell how passionate the fans are and how he really loves that. So I don't necessarily know if that is going to get in the way of money. It won't. Um, but, you know, it's one of the things where, like, Hopefully you can use your advantage. Um, you know, I know he played for the Cubs for a half a year and their fans are pretty crazy. Um, but I don't know, man. Um, yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be super cool to see him here for another couple of years. Um, but God, the top just... of that lineup with India and Stevenson, Winker. Like we already yeah. forgot about Winker. He's been gone six weeks and we're like, we haven't even mentioned him. Like yeah. maybe at the beginning of the show, but yeah, you got to think uh, Tyler Naquin will be back. Auto, like Stevenson, and if we get half of Suarez back, like, oh. Yeah, Tyler Naquin's more than likely going to be on the team again next year. I can't imagine the Reds are going to let him go for nothing. So He won't be nothing. He will, get a, he will get an arbitration raise. So that's why the Indians let him go. The Reds got him for a lot cheaper than the Indians could have uh, had. That's him. why Bob told Barrero to take him out so he be, won't be as expensive. <laughs> Oh man. Oh man. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Thanks for yeah, that. I, I would I would be very disappointed if they didn't didn't bring Nate one back for a couple million bucks. I mean, he's definitely a uh, a really solid hitter against right-handed pitching. He's a Kirby favorite. Say it. Hey. I I've been wrong about a lot. I was 
damn right about Tyler Naquin this year, so I am riding that out. Hopefully they change his name, Nakeen. I think, I think that actually is how it is, but no one wants to do it because it just doesn't sound as cool. He doesn't correct anybody either, so. It just, it sounds somewhat, Nequin sounds so much cooler. I mean. Especially when he hits homers. Yeah. yeah. So that brings us to uh, Kyle Carlson, um, kind of going along with the trend here. Um, what free agents do we let go? What free agents do we resign, if any? Um, I think Michael Lorenz will be back. I don't think he's going to have a giant market. Uh, that's not to say he's a bad player, um, but I don't know a lot of teams are going to be like chomping at the bit to pay a reliever a lot of money, and I think he's got a good relationship with the organization. Um, I think he really likes the idea that he can play two ways that the Reds allow him to as far as like being in the outfield and getting at bats. We've seen him really cherish and relish his opportunities in the past. So I think that there are for sh- I think he'll be back with the team. Actually, there's probably like a 5% chance that Lorenz is back. Really? Yeah. He was paid as a starter this year. Um, ah, okay. If Lorenzen wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been considered a starter, the Reds would have not tendered him. Um, so, yeah, I think someone is going to give him starter money, um, whether he can actually, you know, work as a starter. I don't know. Remains to be so seen. the Giants. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he will probably yeah. he will probably win the Cy Young for the the Giants next year. Um, that'd be a great ballpark for him to play in, especially like yeah. with his ability to play center field and and, and Kapler's you know creativity. Oh, don't why'd you put that out there? Oh, but yeah, I I don't, I, I like he, he honestly might be the I I hate the the Giants because of twenty twelve, but uh, man, secretly I I they're hard to root against. I love the way they built their team and. That is exactly like literally do every single thing the Giants did this year. That's what I want the Reds to do. It's flawless. But, um, but yeah, I actually think he's probably out of anyone, probably the least likely to return. I would say Barnhart's more likely to return. What do I know then? Well, it's, you know, I like, I think if you're, if you're viewing as a reliever, sure. But I think there's going to be, I think the Reds have really, we've been spoiled with our starting pitching. Over the last couple years, there's a lot of teams that are just so desperate for starting pitchers. I mean, look at some of the the starters that were signed this offseason for like, you know, five, six, seven, eight million dollars. They're not good. Um, And and Lorenz is at least, I think, close to a league average pitcher, you know, maybe a little less as a starter, but that's still valuable to teams. Even like a guy with a 4.5 ERA that can eat you 150 innings. That is valuable for teams. I'll just skip this question. <laughs> yeah, I guess the more you think about it, I'm like, man, Michael Lorenzen pitching for the Oakland A's makes sense. Like, that big ballpark. He's probably going to want to hit. Yeah, he can DH there. Well, yeah, like. I don't think he's going to get the Otani treatment and be able to definitely. Not. I don't think he's earned it. He's going to try to push for it a lot. This is probably like his last chance because if he doesn't get it next year, then that's, that's going to be a wash. Like it's going to be gone out the window. So he's probably has like one more hurrah. You saw like, you know, at the end of this year, a couple of times he tried to talk David Bell into getting an AB and he wouldn't let it happen. That's just because he was hurt all year or a lot of the year. So. Well, then what after happened in his first game back, they're like, nope, nope, we are not doing this. (laughs) Yeah, I was at that game. That sucked. Oh, man. Uh, We got another question I want to throw in. I I think we have another one too, but it kind of goes right along with what we're saying. Max 
if you could pick one of the three, Miley, Tucker, Cassianos to come back, who is it? Um, I mean, I would definitely pick Cassianos. Same. He definitely has the most impact. I think Miley's the most likely of the three. Um, I think Miley could get traded. I think Miley's option could get picked up and he gets traded this offseason. That would make a lot of sense for the Reds. Um, but everyone in agreement, Castellanos? Yeah, 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 Castellanos. I, I'd go in that order too, Castellanos, Miley, Tucker. Yeah, I, there's just something about the dude that when the game's on the line, he wants the bat in his hand. You got to like that dude, so. Who, Miley? <laughs> yeah, Miley. Could knock a double real quick on you. Yeah. You got his shoe, though. Yeah. You just had to. I had to. It's I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Birds are down six nothing in the eighth to the the White Sox, and they still have one hit. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I've been all in on the show, boys. All in on the show. And the the Brewers are up four nothing. Well, they got two. The bottom of the ninth. Don't believe it. Double magic. Double magic. Still there. It is. So speaking of the Brewers, um, Brewers pitcher Devin Williams fractured his hand punching a wall. Carlos, have you or a teammate ever been got hurt celebrating being angry in your in your career? I haven't. Um, teammates have. I'm trying to think who was somebody in Double A. This was my question. Mm. <laughs> Dang it. I forget who it was in double A. I'm sure I'll think of it soon. Um, hopefully before the end of the show. But yeah, somebody got hurt like punching the paper towel dispenser, like that cheap plastic. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you go for the softest thing that dug out and you still break your hand. <laughs> God, who was it? I can't remember. I'll think. Of, oh, my buddy, uh, David Schaefer. He was a good reliever. He, uh, I think he got put man on, he got put on the 40 man with the A's. Um, he got picked up by the A's, got put on the 40 man uh, with them, but he, he had a really good double uh, A year in 2006. And he might have had a, like a one bad outing or something like that. And he went in there, and busted it up, and that was it. That was the end of him with the Reds. What, can, what is. Like, how would you. How does Devin Williams like recover from that? Like, you don't. Like, I mean, I mean, you're gonna miss the. Not gonna want to see him around the clubhouse. I'll tell you that. Oh, and you're gonna miss the playoffs. Like, just because you got drunk and then you got mad, like probably at a girlfriend or why I don't know, married or whatever, and then freaking punched a hole because he had too many beers, too many white claws or whatever. Seems like a white claw guy. (laughs) So. He he's the, the, uh, the off-brand white claw. Yeah, he's more of a he's more of a truly. Yeah, definitely a truly guy for sure. <laughs> Who was the uh, Angels pitcher in like 06 or 07 that got injured playing Guitar Hero? Do you remember that? Oh, uh, I, I, CJ Wilson. It might have been. Seems like a CJ Wilson type thing. That happened to a couple of people too during that, that double A year. I remember the spring training. Was that banned? <laughs> banned from the clubhouse? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no guitar hero in Chattanooga. Everyone's got blisters. In the uh, <laughs> in my brief time up there, whenever we went to go play in San Francisco, San Francisco had the uh, like 
not the duck hunter, but it was some sort of like handheld game. And Jake Peavy was in there and he lost and he busted that gun up and broke it on the side of the, <laughs> the video game. <laughs> Everybody's like looking back like, what happened? And he's just by himself beating it up. I'm, I, I, I never asked you this because you were there the year after the 2007 uh, why, uh, game 163 between the Padres and Rockies, right? Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear anything, any crazy stories or anything about that? Just because that's one of my favorite baseball games ever. No, they didn't. That's something they just never touched. About it. Never, never mentioned. Nope, not even like in spring training or anything. They never brought it up and never said, hey, we were this close. We're going to do this. It wasn't, it wasn't about that. It was like it was a brand new brand new team. There's no looking back, really, whenever you're you know, during spring training or anything like that. There's, there's no point on it. Even if you won the World Series, who cares what you did a couple of months ago? It's all moving forward. So That, uh, that 07 Rockies team has one of my favorite stories of all time, so – you know, that was the team that played the Red Sox in the series. And um, so this is in Frank Kona's book, actually. He was talking, I read this, I read his book. And they were talking about, so there was like, I think they were going to Colorado from Fenway. Jeff Francis started the last game in Fenway before they went to Colorado. And Pedroia like hit like a bomb off of him over the monster, like just crushed it. So Pedroia is trying to get into the uh, road clubhouse at Colorado. And they're like, we can't let you in. He's like, I'm Dustin Pedroia. I play for the Red Sox in the second baseman. Kind of similar to that story of Joey when he's at Wrigley. And he's like, hey, tell them who I am kind of thing. Yeah. And they're like, they got, they're like, we can't let you in. He's like, here's my MLB PA ID. Like, I'm Dustin Pedroia. And they're like, sir, we apologize. We can't let you in. We can't prove who you are. And he goes, why don't you go in there and ask Jeff Francis who the fuck I am? Sorry for saying the F word, but I just I, I feel it's like funny. I wasn't doing this story any justice if I didn't use it. So, I mean, the Padres made all the necessary moves. They brought in the right players to go for that championship run in 08. It's, some of their players just didn't perform. Jeff Francis, one start with the Reds, man. I, for, I, I remember that. He was actually, I think, on the two, he's on the 2012 team, and he was yeah. like the, the top uh, – for a pitcher and no one got hurt all year and he never got up. And I think, right. I think like, you know, when you get to June, if um, the players have the right to be, to say, I'm done, I want out. I think that's what happened with him. But yeah, I remember everyone was expecting him to, to pitch for the Reds at some point that year. And it, it never happened. Oh, well. Yeah, it happens. Or Jeff. Um, well, we, um, um, Eric, Eric Fedbeck said the, uh, Thank you for, for your research, Eric. Uh, Joel Zamea, Zamaya was the, the guitar hero uh, injury. The Tigers was the uh, the famous pitcher with the guitar hero injury. Oh, he was yeah. the closer, I think, right? Joel threw like 103. Yeah. Like Rose he was the Chapman first. Light. Like he was one of the first ones. Like, oh my God, this dude's throwing 100. And now he's a dime a dozen, whatever. Guy, yeah, guy is like that's nothing single now. a doing that just <laughs> dashed <laughs> with a much higher spin rate whatever bro <laughs> um before we get out of here so kind of let you guys know like uh nick said we are anticipating we're going to be doing shows during the off season um 
through the rest of the month of October, you'll have us on our typical Wednesday night. Uh, but switching in November at the end of the Monday night football run and the NBA season starting and my hectic college basketball schedule, we will be going Monday nights. Um, but, you know, same format. Uh, we're going to be going, um, you know, having the live chat. You know, we're going to be here with you guys during the CBA arrangements and the winter meetings and who's going to still be a red, who's not going to be a red. Um, we got some cool announcements, too, that we're working on um, some big news. So. Again, uh, we'll be back here next week. I think that's – is that NL wildcard night or is that AL wildcard It's night? NL wildcard night, so we'll be on like about – while that game's going on. Clay, Clay Snowden's going to join us to recap the, the season. Apparently, Clay Snowden can re- recap every team in the MLB for us if we needed to. He's a legend, man. If We're going to let him tell us that story when he gets on next week on why he can do that. I bit my tongue when he put that thing out today. The weird Clay. <laughs> He put that thing out today on Twitter, and it took everything in me to not tweet him back, where he was like, keep a lookout for the Pirates. They might be pretty good in 2023. And I was so badly wanted to be like, stop me if you heard this before. Hey, Tim, you're not allowed to jinx it. You're not, you don't yeah, jinx you're it. Right. God damn it, Tim. <laughs> 2023 Pirates are going to be the, the 21 Giants. Tim yeah. did it. Tim did it again. Oh, bitch. The all right, Reds is- better go all in in 2022 because it's over in 23. <laughs> no chance. Nick cuts all these videos and, like, we'll keep these. So, if, like, the Pirates go on, like, a six-game winning streak in 2023, he'll be like, you remember when you said this? It's already saved. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, thank you all for this. Really appreciate it. We're excited to be back next week with Clay. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this last week of, you know, I'm keeping on the Mariners. That's the team I'm hoping sneaks in because they're pretty close. So I'm rooting for chaos. I want, I want a game on Monday night. That'd be fun. I'd be all for that. All right. Thank you all. Have a great night and uh, go Reds. See you. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube